Hello and welcome to the Hot Copy Podcast, a podcast for copywriters all about copywriting. Today, we're taking a trip down memory lane to our very first interview on the Hot Copy Podcast. Kate and I talked to the rather amazing Darren Rice about his life as a globally renowned blogger and speaker and his writing habits, including how he gets so much done and tips for new writers. My name is Belinda Weaver. I am a copywriter. My business is Copyright Matters and I'm the creator of the Copywriting Masterclass. With me is Kate Toon. Hello, I'm a copywriter, the founder of the Clever Copywriting School and the recipe for SEO success online learning hub. Now I'm going to let Darren introduce himself a little more fully. Uh, So Darren, first up, welcome to the Hot Copy Podcast. It's great to be chatting to you both. Congratulations on uh, the success of the podcast so far. I keep seeing it at the top of my iTunes. Oh, that's always nice to hear. Yeah. Not, not that we're not stalking it ourselves. <laughs> right. you're, not running, you're not running around Apple stores adding it to uh, all the iPhones in them or anything like that, are you? Oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> I hadn't thought of that. I have heard of a couple of bloggers who do that, but um, yeah, I haven't tried that one myself. <laughs> We are making all our friends and family write reviews, of course. Of course. That's good. (laughs) So, let's, you know, I gave you a little bit of an introduction, um, but we'd love uh, for you to introduce yourself to the listeners. So, you know, what is your business or your businesses? Where are you based? What do you do? Who do you do it for? And how long have you been doing it? Well, it's a bit hard to know where to start because there's lots going on in my life at the moment. But um, my main businesses are ProBlogger, um, which I started in 2004. It's a blog about blogging, but it's evolved into other things, um, including an event and ebooks and a podcast. And then there's Digital Photography School, which is actually the main business, but it doesn't have my name all over it like ProBlogger does. So it's less of a personal brand, but that's similar to ProBlogger in that it's a how-to website for people who want to learn how to use their cameras. Um, and again, it has evolved beyond just being a blog into having a forum and eBooks and other things as well. Um, I'm based in Melbourne, Australia, and uh, I guess what do I do? Well, it's it's kind of blogging at its heart, but it's kind of gone way way beyond that, um, as I said. So um, yeah, I'm not really sure whether that answers your question, but I've been doing it for since about 2002 um, when it all started as a very personal blog, um, not on photography and not on blogging. It was just me talking to no one at first, but uh, <laughs> sort of evolved from there. Yeah. I mean, I think, um, you know, most of the listeners on our show are like professional copywriters, but we're getting more and more people who are just writers, bloggers, marketeers, you know, people who are just involved in, in, in writing, which is, you know, one of the reasons we wanted to get you on board because you're almost like a celebrity writer these days. You know, um, you've, you've talked about your different businesses, but you're, you know, the biggest, probably the biggest name I know in blogging. Um, and I, I'm interested, you know, you, you have all these things going on and, you know, you mentioned a few of them there. How do you still find time to write for both the sites? Do you still do a lot of your own writing or have you, is it all offshore in some, <laughs> is it all done offshore by freelancers or is it still you? Uh, no. So um, on, Pro, <laughs> on ProBlogger, we have a mix. Um, I write some and we have, um, I have an editor, Stacey, who um, kind of pulls it together. She cracks the whip over me occasionally and tells me what I need to uh, write and when I need to submit it. Um, but we also have other writers as well as her. So it's become, I guess, a multi-author blog um, in yeah. some ways on, on ProBlogger and the same on Digital Photography School, although there 
I've pulled right back from writing um, and never really wanted it, the site to be about me. I always had the vision that it would be something that was written by professional photographers. Um, I'm not a professional photographer. I was just the guy who was slightly more advanced than the beginner um, and a, a bit of an enthusiast who got asked to photograph my friend's weddings and that type of thing. So I knew enough to help a beginner, but um, as that site's grown, um, I needed to find other people who were beyond what I could write. Um, so I don't write on that at all. I'm more managing managing our team um, on that side of things now. Do you still enjoy writing? Do you still do you still like sitting down and the process of of writing a blog post? Yeah, I do. Um, I, I get in the zone some days and I certainly enjoy it once I'm in that zone. I don't enjoy getting into the zone sometimes. No. <laughs> I find that um, can be tricky. I probably don't see myself as a writer. I see myself as a communicator and um, I think writing is one of the tools that I've tried to develop over the years to enable myself to do that. Um, and the spoken word is you know, probably my first love. You know, public speaking was something I did before I blogged. Um, and then there's, you know, there's podcasting and all kinds of other things that have come as well. So I'm trying, I guess, to develop the tool belt of communication tools um, so that I can pull them out at different times to, to use them. And I was going to say, has your writing, like as just one of those tools, has it changed much from the personal blogging days? Like you have a very conversational tone of voice mm -hmm. which I think is what helps people connect with you quite personally but if you remember back to your early days of blogging and now has it changed a lot yeah look there's been different things that have changed I, I do remember my very first blog posts I didn't write in a conversational voice at all the first blogs I saw were written um, they were almost theoretical and more professory sort of writing, uh, lots of research and um, big words and stuff. And I thought that's how you had to blog. So I started trying to do that and very quickly discovered that um, that didn't connect either with me as a, as a style of writing. I didn't enjoy it, but no one else enjoyed it either. So um, I pretty quickly switched into that more conversational voice and, and many of my early blog posts were me answering my friends' questions via email and then I turned them into blog posts. So um, they, they actually were conversations, I guess, in many ways. Um, I think today I'm probably more intentional about my writing and that's probably one of the big changes. I, I put aside time um, for it, whereas in the past it fit in and I did it when I felt like it, whereas today I... You know, I schedule time and I have a, I make appointments with myself to write, um, which certainly was never the case in the past. So um, I think that's got its pros and cons. Sometimes it feels like you're forcing it a little bit more than it used to, but um, I guess it, it's when it's part of your bread and butter, um, you you need to do that. And I I do find that by forcing yourself, sometimes you do get into that zone a bit easier. Gosh, I feel your pain. I've just been writing um, um, some challenges that I'm doing. And, and honestly, by the time I got to day 10, I felt like I thought my brain was going to explode. But I pushed on through and it's done. Boy, I feel good now that it's written. Um, yeah. So, I mean, you're a huge influence on so many uh, people's writing style, mine included. And I know Belinda as well. Who, who do you read and who influences your writing? I don't like this question because I get asked it a lot. <laughs> I, re I read a lot, but I don't read the same people every day. I don't have a, 
a blog that I always hit first thing in the morning. I tend to surf a bit when I, I I've learnt to put aside time to surf, and I don't do it all day. But um, when I do, it's one of my spontaneous times of the day that I just go um, with my with the flow. So I read a lot of blogs, and I think they all po- kind of influence me. You know, in, in a similar way to podcasts, probably uh, influencing me at the moment as well. Um, if I had to say a particular person or a group of people that do influence me, I'd say it's my readers, really. Um, And a lot of my writing comes out of the conversations that I'm having with my readers. And so whilst they don't influence my style of writing, um, it certainly stimulates the writing. Yeah. That's fantastic. I mean, you've got your podcast, which is obviously hugely successful. Um, Are you finding rather than reading um, other writers. You're, are you listening to more podcasts? I, I heard you, you say the other day that you're listening to more audio books. But mm. do you find that shift of focus? I know I've, I'm heavily into podcasts right now, so that's actually any time I used to spend reading um, other writers, I tend to listen to them now. Yeah, definitely. Um, early this year, I started walking every afternoon um, for an hour, um, up to an hour a day, um, and that was part of a health kick. And I felt incredibly guilty doing that, <laughs> so I decided I'd try and be productive on some of those walks and um, listen to podcasts. And I'd never done it before. I'd listen to the odd one occasionally when it was recommended to me, but I never really had the the space to do it Um, and so walking every day I now fill that up probably three or four times a week I fill it up with a podcast or listening to an audio book and most of the podcasts I listen to aren't really blogging related or writing related or anything along those lines they're just um, on other aspects of life but they they come back and um, give you all kinds of ideas and and stimulate different um, styles of writing as well I think too so it's, it's rare that I come back from a walk without um, a desire to create some something, whether that be a podcast or a or, or a blog post or an ebook or something like that. That's awesome, and that's really interesting that you felt guilty that you weren't being productive enough, exercising and getting fresh air on a walk. I know <laughs> it wasn't oh, enough. <laughs> How uh, addicted to my work am I? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, you've been doing DPS, the Digital Photography School, and, and Pro Blogger for so many years now. Um, and you're a really creative guy. You're talking about always creating new projects and having ideas. Is there anything you'd say flagged as big mistakes over the years? Um, and how have they influenced how you've gone forward? Is there anything that stand out where you go, well, that happened and, and that wasn't great, but this is how we is how we yeah. oh, look, we'd, I mean, I've made so many mistakes over the years. None of them have been anything that could have killed off my business. Um, you know, we've sent out emails for, to the wrong list and some of those sorts of things at times which have made us more careful about how we send out emails. And um, I think a lot of the writing mistakes or um, the blogging mistakes I've made have really probably been more about how I respond to other people's um, reactions to my writing. Um, So, you know, when you put yourself out there constantly, you do get comments of people telling you what they think about you and and your writing. And um, for me, probably my early mistakes with that have been responding too quickly, responding in the heat of the moment um, or responding publicly when I probably could have responded privately or just bitten my tongue altogether. So it's not really a writing mistake, but it certainly um, I think has influenced how I react to the um, commenters, but also probably has impacted my writing in that I'm, I think I 
I kind of write in a different style. I write more about what I've found to be true rather than what is true. Um, mm. And that comes down to that conversational style a little bit more. But maybe it's a, a bit of a wussy way out of things. I don't know if wussy is an Australian term or not. But, um, it, it's kind of me second guessing um, in some ways, but it does help with um, the reactions that I get to. No, I think that's really important. It's something that um, I've drawn back on a lot as well, like making it much more about my own personal opinion rather than being mm. didactic and stating it as fact. And then you can kind of be like, hey, well, you know, we're all entitled to our opinion. Good good that's on you. Right. you know? <laughs> it makes life a lot, lot less stressful. Um, and it opens up opportunity to have a conversation as well because you can say, well, that is my opinion, but I, I'm sure there are others and I'd love to learn from your experiences as well on that. I think that stimulates converse, conversation at times as well and it leaves more room for people to add to the conversation and add to the topic rather than have to defend their position. Um, it's it's just starts a dialogue rather than yeah. a debate. Yeah, exactly. That's a really nice way of putting it. Um, and I loved what you said earlier. I wanted to chip in, but I didn't want to interrupt when you said about how that most of your sort of ideas and influences come from your readers. Um, you know, and I think that's a great tip for um, the copywriters and writers listening that, you know, most of my content is generated from people asking me questions. And it's great. I don't have to ever think of any ideas for blog posts because they do it for me. Um, right. So, you know, I think asking questions, um, you know, that was one of the big things I took out from seeing you at ProBlogger, which leads to the next question quite nicely um uh, for those that don't know um pro blogger was gosh a couple of weeks ago now and um uh, darren introduced the whole event and talked a lot about you know his personal experiences over the last year or so and how he changed his routine and that was it gosh i think your speech had the biggest influence on me of all and darren as you've probably seen in the group i've copied everything you've done um uh with your your schedules and your your uh, we'll talk about it now, but so your writing routine and the you know the things that you've put in place. Honestly, it was like someone shone a light, and I was like, oh my god! So what? What? How do you structure such a busy week? And what is your your routine to get your writing done and all the other things? Yeah. So, I, I how I kind of introduced it at the event was by talking about my personality type. Um, so those of you who've done Myers Briggs um, might be familiar with it. I'm an INFP, and it's the P part that's my um, nemesis at times. It's where I um, that that part of your personality which is either structured and planned or spontaneous and flexible. And I'm on the spontaneous, flexible end of things. And whilst that's fantastic because it does take you into that creative zone at times and it's just great to be there. Um, it also isn't really conducive to getting things done and when you're a blogger and you need to create content and publish content finish the content that um, you start writing, um, it's not conducive if you're just living in the spontaneous zone because um, you never finish anything <laughs> unless you, you stay in that zone for long enough. So I realized that I needed to, I guess, learn from my wife and most of the team that I've employed who are all J personality types and much more structured and much more planned and considered. And so I decided to design my ideal week, um, which was really painful for me um, because it meant I had to actually work out what my goals were and what things I needed to do to, to reach those goals. And I actually made appointments with myself in my week to um, do different activities. And so for 
in terms of writing, which is a big part of what I do and the creation of content, I, I guess I would call it, um, I decided I needed to do three main things. Um, one was put aside time to come up with ideas because that's an area that at times I get a block in. Um, some people would call it writer's block, but I just call it ideas block and I don't know what to write about. And so I have two times each week, Friday mornings and Friday afternoons, where I, I give a bit of time to coming up with ideas to write about for the next week um, or for the next month. And then the creation times, and I don't generally do my creation of content, whether that be writing or podcasts or even preparing a keynote there Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday mornings and I block out those whole mornings for creation and then the last part is completion and this is where I used to get into real strife because Uh I just had so many half-written posts in my drafts Um, and so that's afternoons. I generally do that on a, I think, Tuesday, Wednesday afternoon. I I put aside time to complete and then on Friday afternoons I complete anything that I haven't finished for for earlier in the week. Oh my gosh! I think I've got that light. (laughs) Yeah, you should. I think we'll have to do. I'll do a screen capture of my um, Darren Rose copied uh, week planner, which I've done, which I'm trying to stick to. It's ever so hard, though. Ever so hard. I see the thing being and. Oh, God, I've got to move on to this now, but I'm so into this. <laughs> yeah, and look, there are times where I am flexible with myself and, um, you know, if you're in the zone, sometimes it's worth staying in the zone yeah. as long as you make up for it somewhere else. And, and so when I started doing this, I set myself alarms. Um, I had it all in a Google Calendar and it, it actually emailed me and set up an alarm on my phone when I had to move on to the next activity. And that was really painful at first, but... I actually found that after a while I started to anticipate the alarms and was naturally just, you know, completing one thing and moving into the next and, and I found it really helpful to break up the day as well so I didn't spend the whole day just doing one thing. I was actually now doing three or four things in a day and it was quite good. Yeah, and I think um, as a sort of working copywriter, which is a little bit different um, to you, you know, it can we find that a lot of the people come to us and say, well, we just don't have time to write blogs for our own site. We don't have time to send emails. We don't have time to come up with content. And Belinda and I are always like, gosh, you know, you've got to find some time for that um, in, in your week because it's good for you as well, you know. Um, so that, that could be a good challenge for people to set aside client time versus time working on your own business as well. Definitely. And I think what I've learned is to batch as well. So I on a Monday morning when I when I sit down to create on a Monday morning, I've got three posts in mind that I want to have completed by the end of that morning. And so I then am able to use them over the next week or the next two weeks. Um, so yeah, I'm not writing every day at the same time. You're a machine. And I, I just try. I, will, I will stop tooting your horn in a minute, but there was one thing that you said at ProBlogger that literally I wanna I might even get it tattooed on my arm. It was something along the lines of, and I apologize if I misquote, you'll never be remembered for the responses you give to people for the content you create or something like that, wasn't it? Yep. It was, um, and I think, you know, again, a lot of um, copywriters and writers spend a long time like responding to people's questions on Facebook or answering emails from people where they could just stop and create an awesome piece of content that answered 10 questions for 100 people rather than one question for one person. Um, so, yeah, I don't know why I wanted to bring that up, but I just, honestly, it was, again, another light bulb moment. <laughs> yeah, I got that idea from Tom Roth um, who's uh, an author he wrote a book called Fully Charged and I think he's I think the quote was something like in 10 years time 
the things you'll be most proud of are the things you created rather than the, the people you responded to. And, and the idea there was that we spent a lot of our time in email responding to emails and on social media responding to questions. And whilst it's really good to be responsive and we need to continue to be responsive, it's, it's probably better to be constructive and to build and create rather than just spend our whole lives responding to someone else's agenda and expectations. Um, we need to set our own agenda and our own expectations and, and build something And because those are, those are assets. Um, when you answer someone's email, it's important, but you can build an asset and, and answer their question at the same time by creating something um, that's of value. Yes, so oh, true. No. That's fantastic. Oh, so <laughs> fantastic. Um, I just suddenly feel a bit empty about my lack of focus in the day. <laughs> I've just, <laughs> I've just realised how much I, I simply lay the, the next few pieces of track down at the moment. So, mm -hmm. all right, now I'm just, I need to uh, go away and sort that out, and I'm definitely going to implement more of a routine. Um, you know, we've been talking about this big keynote you did to open your big event, the ProBlogger event, but you've also talked about um, being an introvert and I know you've talked about that as you opened previous ProBloggers. So how do you, how does an introvert deal with being so famous around the world? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure how famous I am. I, I mean, there's 700 people at the conference who know me, so at least there's a few people. But um, I think for me, one of the reasons I love the online space is that you can switch other people off <laughs> you can you can spend I spend most of my time alone um, and alone time gives me energy uh, as much as I like people um, people take energy from me and so for me it's it's probably just more a matter of trying to work out how much energy I have and and um, where I need to spend that um, and you know at an event like the pro blogger event I come home and I don't do much people time for the next week because I just need to recharge um, but online you can you know, switch on other people pretty easily. So I've been experimenting lately with some live streaming on Blab and um, Periscope. And if I need people, if I need to interact with people, I just switch them on and there they are and, and there's an opportunity to interact with them. But if I need time alone, then I just write or I just create something and spend that time alone. So um, I love online because I don't have to be face-to-face -face with people all the time and um, just monitor, self-monitor, I guess, is the advice. Yeah, absolutely. That's a really good tip. And it's, you know, something we all have to do in our business where we're constantly giving to our clients and things like that. We do have to also make sure that we have that little life that we dream about as outside of our business, so that we replenish our energy and our creativity and all those other things. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I've... I've, I've caught your blab yesterday it was a, it was a super long blab I, I managed to do a periscope and come back and it was still going um <laughs> which was awesome and I, I'm the same as you like I quite like doing my little periscopes um in the morning and I have my sort of social interaction although obviously it's all kind of virtual um and then I feel like right yep yeah, I've done that for the day now I'm happy to sit in my little hut and write and not talk to anybody at all thank you very much uh, so yeah I think we're fellow introverts um there's so much more we could ask you. Uh, gosh, I could talk to you all day. But um, I think what would be really useful is, you know, to the people who are listening and the writers and the copywriters, you know, do you have any tips that you can share that really helped you? You've already given us some good ones, but final mm -hmm. tips uh, to leave people mm -hmm. with on the podcast. 
Look, for me, I guess the thing that I've come to over the last year or two is that um, ultimately I'm going to be successful with my communication, my writing, if I'm leaving people different as a result of them reading what I write and what I um, say. Um, if I'm not changing someone's life in some way, and that sounds very lofty, but if, I, if, if you're not left different as a result of reading one of my articles, then I feel like I've failed. And so I'm always asking myself before I start writing is what change am I trying to bring today? What what problem am I trying to solve? But what how, how do I want my readers to go away and be different? So, you know, you, Belinda, before saying you're going to think about your routine, that was like, great, um, you, you're going to be different as a result of hearing something that I said. And so I guess rather than trying to just sit down and write something that's interesting, I'm trying to write something that changes people's life. Um, and the change may be grand and lofty and help them to be a better parent or something you know, really worthwhile, or it might just be simply that they have a smile on their face where they didn't previously, or they felt like they're not the only one where they did previously, or you know, something, something else. So this, the changes can actually be quite small, but uh, every piece of content that I'm trying to create now is has a change in mind behind it and and even when i'm being interviewed i'm thinking you know what what could i say today that's going to help someone to be different tomorrow um so i guess that's my ultimate um tip it's a pretty hard one to do but um gradually over time you begin to see where people are resonating with what you're doing and and you can build upon that and um, really take people on a journey with your content I think that's a great tip to leave leave us with. I mean, did you have any final questions, Kate, or are you? Can we leave it on that fantastic I think, note? I, honestly, I think that was awesome. Well yeah. done, good pod. You give good pods, Darren. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and uh, we'll we'll leave it there. We'll let you get back to your day. You know, it's just after lunch, and you've got an afternoon of activity by the sounds of it. So, well, well I do. I've got three things planned for next. So it's but but it's been great to break it up today with uh, a nice chat with you guys. And thanks to you for listening. Now, remember, if you like the show, don't forget to leave us a rating and review and subscribe on iTunes and Stitcher. When you leave a good review, it helps other copywriters find us and we read out a review at the end of the show so you could hear us say your name and give you a shout out. Pretty enticing, yeah? You can also head to thehotcopypodcast.com and leave your comments about this interview on the blog post for this episode. And as always, you can connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. You knew that though, didn't you? Until next time, happy writing. Thanks for listening right to the end. If you enjoyed this podcast, you might enjoy my two other podcasts. I have one called The Recipe for SEO Success, which is all about SEO tips, advice, and helping you grapple the Google beast. And my other, The Confessions of a Misfit Entrepreneur, which is all about dealing with the stresses of running your own business. You can find both of them on iTunes and Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And as you can probably tell, Darren, um, Belinda's being the boss of this podcast. <laughs> yeah. well, she wanted to be the boss of this one. So, uh, you take it in turns, do you? Yeah. <laughs>